It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, June 7th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is asking, is there anybody on this team that is untouchable right now? Hmm. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, people of Flyers land. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers, where you'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Today, we are going to talk about the current Flyers roster in terms of offseason potential for trades, who's untouchable, who would we think about, and who's free to go. And then we will touch on the NHL playoffs and how those conference finals are going. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Plus, you can also watch us over on YouTube. So subscribe over there as well. All right, Russ. So looking at this roster we currently have there's a lot of unsigned people so there's a lot of moving pieces and parts here Uh, but there are a bunch of guys who are under contract and as we approach this offseason in terms of potential trades that may or may not occur I think it's an interesting exercise to look at it because we've talked about you know, who we think the core of this team is moving forward. And then we Mm -hmm. also have this aggressive retool that Chuck Fletcher talks about and what could that mean? So I think it does mean, as we've talked about pretty recently about Travis Konechny, that trades are on the table, but who exactly is, you know, the main course and who's maybe a side dish in what we're looking to do this off season. That was a terrible metaphor right there. I apologize. Yeah, it was a little weak. <laughs> All right. So it, the first off, the people with no move clauses, we have Kevin Hayes and Cam Actinson. Are either of those guys potentially somebody you would ask for a waiver? I mean, potentially. You, you wouldn't do it now. Uh, and... You might do it at the trading deadline because if the aggressive retool is flopping, um, then you might do that. No reason to do it now. Uh, Kevin Hayes would be the hardest to trade. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, I think if you're looking at this, to me, it's what are you getting for the value, right? And, and you're looking at their contract. You're looking at what they're providing to the team, both on the ice and in the locker room. And you're saying how much are they worth to the Flyers? And I think you're right, especially about Kevin Hayes. You know, obviously he makes a little bit more money here than Cam Atkinson does. And I think Cam Atkinson to me is, again, maybe he's somebody you look at at the trade deadline like you're talking about, but not this offseason. I think mm-hmm. he's a, a real strong leader. And again, bang for your buck there in terms of what he can provide. You're not going to get a guy like that that can play in your top two lines for that amount of money. 
No, and he's good with, with the young players. So, like, in camp, he's a good guy to have in camp. So, I'm in no rush. And, and Kevin Hayes, the term is the killer, honestly, not even the salary. Yeah, and, you know, he's only got one more year on his contract than Cam Atkinson does. But, you know, it's at 7.1. That's To me, that's just almost unmovable unless you're going to retain salary. And honestly, what's the point? Because to me also, I think Kevin Hayes looked like he was getting better toward the end of last season. And I think that he should, in theory, be coming back in a much better position. So I I think these guys are are pretty much safe. Mm -hmm. I think this one, um, I'm excited to hear what you have to say, Russ, because you um, always have a lot to say about this guy. And that's Ryan Ellis. And I feel like he's unmovable due to the injury. Yeah. You know, the draft is in Montreal this year. If I only could go back to the to the 2000, I guess, nine Montreal draft, I think it was 09, where Ryan Ellis was drafted, I maybe could talk to him and tell him to play a different way. So this way, when he got traded to the Flyers all those years later, it might have helped him not get injured. But since I can't do that and ha- I'm not able to go back in time, I will just say, yes, nobody would want Ryan Ellis right now. And at this point, nobody who I've spoken to has recalled a situation like this where a guy's playing ability is this much up in the air for more than one season. I mean, I think ultimately that's it. And we're kind of stuck there. And he's either going to play or he's going to be on LTIR again. And we just got to kind of deal with whatever that is as it comes. Uh, Looking at some of the other guys who may or may not be part of what you think is the core of this team, like we talked about, but guys that I think you get good value based on their contract and that you think that they would be potentially part of a good core moving forward. I think number one on that list for me is Joel Farabee. Yeah, he's number one on my list too, agreed, and definitely not untouchable. If, If somebody wants to call about Joel Farabee, I'll listen. I have to. Right. You have to listen to everything. And I think that's the underlying assumption here, right, is is you'll take the phone call on anybody, but it's going to take a lot to move a guy like Joel Farabee, I think, just because, again, really good value, only five million, got that locked in for, I think, six years now. So that's really good for a guy like that. Um, I think this may be a little off the table for some folks, but I think another guy that's sort of untradeable is Oscar Lindblom. I, I just think emotionally and with his history and, and everything and knowing where he is coming back from being sick, he's just a guy you don't trade. Yeah. I, I, I don't see a good reason to do it. And he still does play it a way that most of the flyers don't play good along the wall. Like he does have those abilities plus everything else that has happened. I just don't think it would be a good idea. It would, it would be bad PR-wise. It would be bad for the mm-hmm. team because he's a good team guy. Yeah, I think so too. And everybody loves having him around, like like you said. And um, I certainly am looking forward to seeing what he can do next season. Again, being in a better position physically uh, to play next year. And, you know, he's only making $3 million, So I, I don't hate that as well i think if he can hover in the middle six as long as we keep him off the fourth line i feel like he'll be in a a good yeah he needs to stay away from the fourth line that's just wrong yeah all right and i think this one is of course you take the phone call but at the same time i do not want to see 
him traded. And that's Travis Sanheim. I feel like he is the only like close to sure thing about the Flyers defense right now. And I just don't think you can give that up with all of the question marks around how is Provorov going to play? What is happening with Ryan Ellis? Is Cam York going to pan out? Travis Sanheim is going to be a mainstay of your defense and he's a known entity. And I just, I just don't want to see him go. Well, Rachel, um, I've been doing some math lately and math is, (laughs) I would say math is the enemy to Flyers fans who like players and don't want to see them go anywhere. And if the persistent rumors of Johnny Goudreau are real, and he somehow ends up as a flyer, uh, that means that the Flyers have probably given a pick to trade away JVR, probably one of their 2023s, so they can mm-hmm. get the full $7 million back. And that also means they probably traded Travis Sanheim, because then the chances of signing him to a big contract, which is going to be necessary the next year, are slim and none. So based on that, uh, he's a 50-50 guy right now. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is what the team will do. I'm just saying from my perspective, he's the only solid D-man we have right now. And I I don't want him going. From my perspective, I keep him, but I just felt like I needed to put this claimer out there. So I did. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I don't know. Between Goudreau and Kadri, I think is the other rumor out there as well. Uh, I think that it's a distinct possibility, but it is one I do not enjoy, Russ. I know. I know. You know, it's it's looking into the future can be scary, Rachel. That's all I'll say. Especially for the Flyers right now. (laughs) A lot of unknowns. All right. Well, we'll continue to talk about our would not like to trade list coming up next. But first I want to talk to you about built bar and don't you just love a chewy chocolatey brownie? How about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? That is so good. You can have all of that deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now, but you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite and they might sell out. Forget about dessert. These are your new dessert treat. Plus the macros are unreal. You have only 130 calories, but 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. I personally would replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. The best part is that they're covered in 100% real chocolate. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. And all of Built's bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons why you should try Built bars. But for now, let's just say that Caramel Brownie will rock your world. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, before we get into more of our Untouchables discussion, we've got a little favor to ask of you. Locked On has put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and you don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started won't take very long and if you complete a survey you can qualify for a chance to win one of ten hundred dollar ticket master gift cards 
to take our audience survey. That's lockedonpodcast.com slash survey. And uh, thanks again for your help. Continuing that wouldn't want to trade list. Is there anyone else that you've got on your list? Yeah. Um, Sean Couturier for sure. Right. I, that would rock my world probably more than a mm-hmm. Biltmore if he got traded. <laughs> and, you know, again, he's one of the only guys on the team that plays great defense. He's one of the only guys on the team that you have to game plan against when he's healthy. Uh, he could lead a team. He could also carry a team. So I know he, you know, he was injured, but guess what? I cannot trade him. No, absolutely not. I think you're right that he is the one C of this team right now. And he does have that amazing two-way game. And I think he is one of those cases where, yes, he does cost a lot of money and we have him locked up for a pretty long time, but is it worth it? 100%. I think he earned that contract. And especially because his bridge contract was so cheap. Mm -hmm. I think that he absolutely deserved what he got on this contract. And I certainly hope he is a flyer for a very long time may end up being the next captain. We shall see. But yeah, Shanka Ture is absolutely on that list. I'm going to add one more player to that. Please don't trade him list for me. And that's Scott Lawton. And I say that because is he tradable? Sure. Everybody's tradable, like we've been saying in this discussion. But I think for me, he's one of those guys where you get incredible value for what you're paying him. We only are paying $3 million for a guy like him who is very flexible, will play center when you ask him to. He plays on the wing. You can pretty much put him with anybody and he's going to enhance that line. I think. And he's just a guy that really helps your team out. He can, like I said, he can hop on that top line if you need him to in a pinch, but he's really settled in that middle six. And I really think that given a chance to shine more in the next couple of years and given those opportunities, he could really be an integral part of this team. The thing about Scott Lawton is while he's great to have on the team, if the Flyers were to re-sign Morgan Frost for a million bucks a year, trade Lawton, they would save on the cap and get a heck of a return for Lawton too. And and that's the tempting part of this. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I can't say wouldn't do it because it's very tempting because I, it helps me in a lot of different ways, maybe even more than what Scott Lawton could do the next few years, depending on the team. But the other untouchable I'll do is Carter Hart because there isn't anybody else in the organization that's even close to him. Yeah, absolutely. I think he he's like an assumed don't trade. Right. But I just feel like I need to say it because otherwise sure, someone will sure. tweet, wait, you didn't mention Carter Hart. I mean. No, that yeah. is true. That is true. Good to have him on the list. Um, are there any prospects that are maybe the, the younger guys just coming up or the college guys that we just signed that you wouldn't want to trade because you want to give them a full chance to develop here. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade Noah Cates. Uh, I do believe that while he's probably not going to be a second liner, probably be a third liner, but could play fourth too. Super flexible. Could be a guy that if you had to, could replace Scott Lawton, just saying. Uh, I wouldn't trade um, Elliot Denoyer. He's a 100% great hit or 100% oh, he just missed. 
but I'm going to roll the dice on him because of of his skating and the high offensive end game, any game he has. Uh, Brink, I can't trade because I need goal scoring, and yeah. the team's desperate for goal scoring. Those are the three that I would not trade no matter what. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. I might add Cam York to that list uh, just because I feel like they put so much into him mm-hmm. in terms of banking on him and where they picked him in the draft that I feel like the investment level is high. And also, like I said, when I was talking about Travis Sanheim, the defense is a little thin right now. And I feel like he has a lot of potential and in the right situation could be given the chance to develop properly. So I think I would add him to that list. I would not necessarily add Tyson Forrester to that list. I think he's kind of expendable in this situation. He is a, a first round pick and I get it, but Uh, At the same time, I just don't know that he's somebody that they'll really be dedicated to keeping around. Yeah, I didn't add York to the list because, again, I may have to entertain him in a trade or the Flyers may have to. If if, let's say the Flyers do go to Goudreau and then all of a sudden all these other things are happening and, you know, they decide York. If we trade York, we could get the last piece of this where we think we could be a playoff team. It's not my cup of tea, but it could happen. And conversely, uh, maybe Cam York ends up getting traded. Let's say it's even next year to move up because you want to be in the Bedard sweepstakes. Like I'm, I have to, mm-hmm. I have to kind of keep that open, especially if if the Flyers are are really bottoming out. Uh, Cam York's a terrific player, but if, if there's a chance of getting Connor Bedard, it's sorry, see you, Cam. We enjoyed having you here. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said for that. Um, I just would hope that they would keep him around. But I, again, I think that with the way everything is right now, you're right that everything has to be on the table. And if you're looking at making other significant moves, you're going to have to create space for them. So um, it's just a matter of getting bang for your buck in the trade as right. well and trading the right pieces to get the return you need in order to make these other moves happen. And Right. It's like a game of Jenga. It's like yeah. a game of Jenga. Yeah. It, it is. I do not envy what uh, Chuck Fletcher has to do this offseason. No. All right. So the guys that I'm like, uh, I would be really sad if they went, but I think you got to put them up for auction, I guess, in terms of... <laughs> you know, making those moves that we just talked about and making space. Uh, We've talked about Travis Konechny before. We had a whole episode about trade scenarios on him. You can go back and listen to. And uh, I think he's absolutely somebody that you take seriously when somebody calls. Yeah, especially, and I don't think this will happen, but let's say Claude Giroux did decide he wanted to go to Ottawa. I'm calling up Ottawa and say, do you want Konechny? And let's talk about, you know, some other Get the band back together up there. Because you know Giroux (laughs) would be into it. And they, yep. you know, and if they were moving in that direction where they felt like they could be a playoff team, well, then there's some opportunities to get some good pick, you know, good draft prospects from them. So I have to make the call. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that the same goes for Ivan Provorov in in these scenarios. I think mm-hmm. he's a guy that um, there's question marks about him here. And are we at a certain point where, yes, we know he has talent, but is this the right environment for him? Is he going to thrive here? And what can we get for him? You can only do that if you know Ellis is healthy, because then Ellis can step into the number one and play the part. And then York can play the number two. Then York is safe. But that's the only way you can kind of do that. 
Yeah, I think so, too. I just think you have to start taking those phone calls on him to see what the value mm-hmm. in return would be, yeah. especially. And if it happened and the scenarios worked out and Ellis was healthy, I- I'm OK with him getting it traded as well. We haven't really talked about Morgan Frost a ton in this conversation because he is a certain level of free agent right now where he can absolutely walk. Um, but we do have the opportunity to trade his rights. What do you think happens there? Well, I mean, Kevin Allen said this morning that when a player is left in that position, generally the team doesn't care about him. That's been his experience. He speaks to GMs all the time. So he's kind of like, hey, look, if he signs for like that 870 that's out there, great. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't, oh, well. Like that's sort of the way they're they're acting by their actions. Now, that doesn't mean they won't trade his rights because there's a chance they would. Um, Because again, like Morgan Frost, if he he gets a call from the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Maple Leafs say, yeah, we'll give you a million for like two years, he would then get an RFA contract after that. It would be worth it for the Leafs to do it because this guy's getting a raise. So he's happy for the next two years. He's in his home market, but then the Leafs still have him as an RFA because then he does qualify to be an RFA. And that could be a bargain if he blossoms the way you think he's going to. So I think them, I think Pittsburgh with Ron Hextall who traded up to get him would have interest. And I think even Dave Hextall uh, in Seattle would have interest. That is a good point as well. And I think that I would be personally very sad to see Morgan Frost go, especially because of you know what they've put into his development. And yep. I think he really is on the precipice. Of That's why you can't let him good. walk. If you let him yeah. walk, that would be awful. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. All right. For me, I think everybody else is free to go. But I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean... Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, free not to for go. Like, free, but you know, no, what I mean. yeah, like it would take a lot to for Foster or Isaac Ratcliffe. It, it would take it would have to be a good, really good deal, and they're a part of it. And I just the other team won't budge, and I've got to put them in. That's the only way I'm trading like those two as an example. Um, you know, Lisinski, if he's a throw in, I have to throw him in. I like him, but again, yeah. Zamula, you know, yeah, Zamula, good same throw thing. in. Good yeah. throw in. You're like, you're going to have to, you know, if they make a deal like a hockey trade, one of these guys. got to pay something to get something, right? One or two of these will get thrown in. I know people are going to be like, hey, look at Aubrey Cabell. He's playing in the playoffs. And look, you and I both said he's not a superstar or anything, but we knew he was going to have a better role than what he was having here. That, you know, absolutely could happen to these guys too. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see what Chuck Fletcher does as these next weeks. And then, of course, the free agency period happens in July as well. But trades could be on the table. So we will be talking about that as we continue this offseason. We're going to finish up with a little catch up on the NHL playoffs and our predictions. Russ, I know you have a keen interest in the series between the New York Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning. I think the Mm -hmm. big question for me in that series is what have the Rangers been doing to stop Tampa's potent offense? Okay, so what's been happening here is a few things. The further they've gotten in the playoffs, the more playoff experience their younger players have had. So like Keandre Miller is now like way more of a force. I know you don't want to hear this. Way more of a force than he was even at the Biggest start. Biggest pain of-, of my life in Flyers draft history. 
biggest, yep. no question. Yeah, and he's really now starting to become a, a force, like maybe not be physical, but with his stick checking and skating, his skating is just great. And Tampa at times could look a little slow without Braden Point. So he's been he's been doing a great job. Braden Schneider has been stepping up. Justin Braun looks really good these days. He has been rubbing out mm -hmm. some guys at the right times to make those kinds of plays. He's been blocking shots. Barkley Goudreau coming back has been blocking shots. So that's been a, a big factor. Shesterkin, obviously, you know, a big factor too. The interesting thing about this series is uh, at Tampa, it seemed like last game their strategy was we're going to just try and run over Shesterkin. Uh, and then the Rangers scored on power plays, but then, you know, they scored on their power plays too. So right, right. I even got a text after this game that, well, the Rangers had a chance. Now Tampa's just going to win the series. And I'm like, oh, really? The Rangers still have home ice. Like, this is not a gimme for Tampa just because they won a game with 41 seconds to go. Sometimes that's just the way it goes in the playoffs. But that game went down from a Rangers having a 2 nothing lead that they went and tied it to – Overtime within 41 seconds. I can't call a series on that yet. So, uh, you know, as good as Tampa has been on their on their repeats, they're not the same team. They're not. So these next few games will be really interesting. I mean, again, if Tampa wins at home, then if this becomes that, hey, Tampa can't win on the road like Carolina and the Rangers can win at home, we know what happened in the last round. And, and, and that could happen. I go back and forth whether I think the Rangers are going to just win this out uh, or is Tampa going to come back and take over because it feels like they have that in them, right? We've seen it time and time again, and Vasilevsky just locks things down and you're done for, right? But at the same time, I've just seen the Rangers fight back from those moments. Like each of these games so far in the series have had those moments where you feel like the Lightning are, are going to take over and the Rangers shut it down eventually yeah. and and so i think it'll be a lot of fun i think it'll go six games uh for sure but uh, i do think that either team could win this series and i would not have said that yeah beforehand. i will tell you one freaky thing that i saw ryan mcdonough is up to 146 playoff games uh people in montreal i'm sure are still stinging over that because that was ridiculous when they got rid of him um but I, I do also want to say, like, I did a book signing with Ryan McDonough, and I got a bunch of autographed items. So every time he plays more and does better, it doesn't hurt me. All right. Looking at the Avs Oilers series, we're recording before we know the outcome of last night's game four, where the Avalanche could close this out in another sweep for them. But my gut says it at least goes one more game just because I feel like Edmonton won't embarrass themselves entirely by getting swept at a game four at home. I, they have one win in them, but we'll see what that prediction looks like as you are listening to this. Right. Like a week ago when I was on Sirius with Mick Kern doing like my weekly spot at 1215, there was a gasp from Mick when I said this team is still a one line team, meaning Edmonton. And I right. thought they would lose in five. And you know, I still think five is probably the number, but they are in danger of being swept because Colorado has waves of lines and depth that almost nobody else in the league has. As an example, who a player who I've always liked but hasn't been this kind of scorer, JT Comfer, has five goals right. in his last six games. Like that, when you get that and you have McKinnon and Rantanen, it's hard to stop.
and McCarver. It is. And and Rantanen, I think, was struggling for a little bit in the playoffs, but I feel yeah. like he's back now. Yeah, I do too. And and contributing. So I feel like, yeah, this is a five-game series for me, but uh, we'll see how that plays out as well. And, you know, lots more playoff hockey to go before we award a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I'll be oh, covering nice. the cup that you know. I always, who knows where I'll be. I, you know, I might be in both cities in New York and Colorado, or I, you know, might just be in Colorado. Who the hell knows? I won't be in Edmonton. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Well, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Speaking of your coverage, Russ, uh, you got a nice shot of Isaac Howard at the scouting combine and he is one of the prospects that we have talked about in depth on the show which is our april 13th episode a really interesting kid highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode if you want to learn more about him but it's a good pick yeah the funny thing about howard the funniest thing in that interview was he was wearing pink shorts a white like um you know button down not button down but uh polo shirt and like a different kind of hat had nothing to do with the NHL. He had no NHL clothing on him. None of that. Um, his tattoo on like his thigh is showing, you know, and, and so I asked him, I said, are you like literally going on vacation right after this? And he goes, no, but I'm going to Cancun with buddies. And then I said, no, well, I mean, cause look at what you wear. And he goes, oh yeah. You know, I'm probably one of the few guys that actually had a chance to shower before doing the interview. It was the whole thing <laughs> was just priceless. Like it was just, you know, this guy is just, he could play too. He, he says he's hungry. He's a hungry goal scorer. Always good to hear. Teams want that. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. We will be back again tomorrow. We have our mailbag. So get those questions in. You can tweet us at lockdown flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. You can also post a comment on our YouTube as well. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. I'm on the Friday show, so tune in then. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.